0: This is the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Schmedeke. Today, we're talking with Luke Zalman about the Rockies, trade deadline, Bud Black, and all things baseball. Stay tuned. All right, welcome to the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Schmedeke. And we are, first of all, we are live with new equipment, and I am here with Rockies uh, reporter Luke Zalman. Luke, how you doing?
1: You know, I'm I'm doing good. We sound great, so that's always a good start. I think I think this is going to be a good term for the podcast. Yeah,
0: I think but. so too. We got a little bit of uh, better better quality, that's for yeah. sure. So, uh, all right, so we're going to talk Rockies, of course, and uh, our first topic today is going to be yep. Uh First of all, the Rockies are three and one since the All Star break, mm-hmm. since you took over the beat. So maybe, maybe are you the lucky charm? Is that what we're going I, with? I,
1: well what was weird is it's seemingly every single team I had covered before now had done the exact opposite. The one year <laughs> I covered CSU they fell apart. Um, when I covered football, they fell apart. So I don't, I don't quite know if I'm a good luck charm because when I used to cover the Rockies, they were pretty terrible. But you know, it's maybe it's a good start. It's a good start to it. Yeah.
0: So we are recording this before Wednesday's day game against
1: the Astros. They beat the Astros last night in a bullpen game. Real quick, uh, you were there. What, what did you see from that? I, I, what I, what I'm starting to see, and it's kind of funny. The guys are even starting to talk about it. Is the more young guys that are coming up, like the Gavin Hollowells, the you know uh, Tommy Doyle, obviously. He was huge in last night's game. They're all talking about how much fun Albuquerque is. And they're all talking about how how great the relationship all of them have with each other is. And I think what you're starting to see is you're starting to see that payoff on the field. You're starting to see those type of relationships show up on the field. And so the bullpen, I think, is one of the biggest indicators of that. And I think they're in some ways a little underrated. They got very taxed in the first half, had some really rough outings. They have a pretty decent bullpen. If I if I had to make my own argument, I think the bullpen's the best part of their team right now. Out, you know, because starting rotation's obviously struggling, and then the lineup is on any given day can be awesome. On another given day, can be you know barely able to hit the ball, just depending on who's on the mound. So I think the bullpen's actually the best part of their team, and I think yesterday obviously was a great chance to showcase that. It's funny you say that. I'm not gonna get into Diaz yet because
0: I wanted to ask you. a about the injuries of the rotation, because that kind of happened right when he took over yeah. the beat. So Sensatello is heading for Tommy John. Yep. And then Kyle Freeland's kind of wait and see.
1: What do they do now? So it's going to be interesting. They signed Chris Flexen. Um, he's he just had his first outing for the Isotopes. I believe he went four and a third. So, but I think his pitch count still isn't quite at a starter's pitch count, and that's the same problem they're having with Peter Lambert. He's down there. He's stretching out as well. So those are two possibilities. And then they would surround Chase Anderson, Austin Gomber. And then, I mean, you want it to be Connor Seabold, but the way it's been lately, there's there's talk. He started talking the other game about maybe he's tipping pitches. We asked Bud Black about it. He was pretty coy about the whole thing. He said, you know, we look through film. We look through everything. You know, a very a very throwaway response. Like, well, we look at everything every game, so we might have seen something we might not have. And so I I don't it's not going to be a great rotation. Basically what they need, they just need a rotation that can get them through the rest of the season. And luckily, none of their rotation guys are trade pieces. Yeah. So even if I mean they're not by way of injury, honestly, but even if they were good enough, I mean they they're just not going to be able to trade any of those guys. So you don't have to worry about losing any more except for the injury and right now, their rotation basically goes 5 deep. Yeah. And that is that's just not gonna work even over a two-month stretch. I mean, they have a Carl Kaufman, they have some guys that, you know, haven't been good in the majors but can conceivably be starting pitchers. So I don't know. The rotation is gonna be very piecemeal, and I think this won't be the last bowl game or bullpen game they're gonna have the rest of the year. No, there's no way. They they just don't have the horses right now. And, no, and yeah. and 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 it honestly as as little depth as we thought they had in the rotation before the season. I think we almost underrated how much depth they had, and it's been exposed because of the injuries. I mean, if you had told them before the year they would lose Feltner, Herman, Sanzatella, and Kyle Freeland for a pretty long stretch all at once, I think they would have told you there's no way we can even field five. And so the fact that they're even going to be able to get to five is kind of insane but obviously Chase Anderson got picked up during the year. Chris Flexen now gets picked up. So they're trying their best to do what they can, but I think it's just a it's survival mode at this point. And luckily it might give some of these young bullpen arms a lot of chances to gain experience this year, heading into next year where, you know, at least they hope they get a little healthier. But obviously with Sentitella and Marquez, they're not going to be back next year. So right. those are already two big rotation spots that you're going to have to fill.
0: Yeah, that that's rough. So let's move on to Elise Diaz, and this is an interesting topic because he's probably their best player right now. Yeah, he was arguably. yeah. Yeah, he's
1: arguably their best player. Yeah,
0: do the Rockies sell high and try to trade him?
1: They so it's it's weird because he won all star game MVP, but then it wasn't until last night that he got his first hit post all star break. He had gone over ever since the all star break, which I think in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter too much. But it was just kind of ironic that his value got to its absolute peak and then he went on a skid right after but i i just don't see any i don't see many valid arguments not to trade him he's in his 30s he doesn't fit any type of conceivable timeline for contention what's his contract like he's under contract this year and next year i believe and then it's over so i believe they had him last year this year and next year it was a 3 year deal and it's at good money too it's not it's not a you know a contract that would sway people away so i think his value would be pretty high just given the need for catching catching him both... Catching in arms are always going to be the two things people will always need. That's why some catchers play so deep into their 30s is because you always need them. And a veteran like Elias Diaz, I mean, he's – and he's an amazing clubhouse presence. Yeah. And I think that may be the only thing that may hold them back because the last time – they decided to just rid themselves of a clubhouse presence was DJ LeMayhew. And that's gone terrible. (laughs) Everything has fallen apart since he left. And obviously it's not so much a one plus one equals two equation. There were other things that happened, but they even talk about it now about how much regret they have not bringing him back because they didn't realize how vital he was to the clubhouse. And so that makes me wonder if maybe they'll be on eggshells a little bit not wanting to make that same mistake again.
0: Is there the point too that, this pitching staff is going to be young and inexperienced. Getting rid of a veteran catcher is not the best idea.
1: The, no, that's part of it, too. And I, I think the other part of it, that it's, it's, always, it's always great when you go on a blog and say, hey, trade this guy, trade that right. guy, trade this. But you have to be trading them for something. And if you look at the two, the two big catcher trades that have happened in recent years, it was JT Realmuto and Sean Murphy. And sure, it's like for Sean Murphy, the A's got Kyle Mueller, who's a who's a he's a really good young arm. Obviously, they had to get rid of Contreras as well, but he went to the Brewers. And then when you look at the Phillies trade, they got Jorge Alfaro, which you may recognize the name. He has been all over the league and now he played for the Rockies some this year. Yep. They got hit. And so and Sixto Sanchez, who's been a pretty good pitcher, you know, a pretty good prospect, I should say, as a pitcher, but the packages really aren't that great for as in demand as they are. So you have to weigh, what are we going to lose? And yes, if you have a young staff, it's really good to have a catcher that everyone loves and relies on rather than a guy that no one is very... I mean, they did the same thing a couple years back with Chris Ionetta. He was huge yeah. in there, and he helped alleviate a lot of the problems Kyle Freeland was having a couple years back. So I do think it's really important. I don't think it's so much an easy call, But I just think when you're not close to contention, I don't think you necessarily get to make those, hey, well, he's good for the clubhouse. It's like, well, the clubhouse isn't winning, so no losing clubhouse is going to be good for an entire season. It's only going to be good for spurts.
0: You're not counting the Rockies big trade of Jonathan Lucroy back in the day. Not-
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. No, didn't didn't throw that one on my list. It didn't quite measure up to to the Sean Murphys and the JT Real Mutos of the world. Yeah,
0: that I remember that was their big move. Oh, what year was that? Was that 17 or 18? Yep, it was one he was
1: he was part of one of their big and then it you know, it worked out okay. It's that's the thing whenever they decide to make moves It only seems to work out kind of okay. And so it almost makes you wonder if that makes people gun shy to make a ton of moves when the moves they are making aren't really working out. And free agency included of, hey, we just signed Chris Bryant and this has not gone well at all. So what happens the next time a big name guy like that wants to come to Colorado? Do they get gun shy? I mean, there's all of these moves. They all build on to each other.
0: It's crazy how much of an afterthought Chris Bryant is. You sometimes forget he's on the team. Yeah, it, it's amazing, and they're paying him what a year thirty something. Yeah, it's <laughs>
1: it was a it was a hundred eighty nine million I believe was the overall Ooh. contract, hundred eighty something like that. So yeah, it's they're paying him about thirty a year and. He's already made more millions than home runs he's hit as a Rocky. Oh, there you go. There, there's a number for you. <laughs> All right,
0: so you want we want to talk about a couple guys who could be coming back from injuries.
1: Um, I didn't know Brendan Rogers could come back. Yep. So but when he initially got, it was a pretty major shoulder surgery, yeah. and when he initially got it, they said he's out for the year. Um, you know we'll focus on next year. Well, he got a he got a little ahead in his rehab, and he was starting to feel good. He was starting to feel good. He's been on the field for months. I mean, working, 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 but. Never to a level he could go into a game. And then suddenly we get the news. This was kind of, I mean, there, was, there were suspicions that he might be able to come back this year. But this news about him going to Spokane on Spokane social media was kind of the first people had heard that he was going to go rehab It was It's right pretty now. sneaky. Yeah, so he goes out there. You have Tyler Kinley go out there. And then, of course, in Brendan Rogers' first game, one of his biggest problems has been grounding into double plays. Yes. First at bat, he grounds into a double play. <laughs> then he has a four-pitch walk. And then he gets hit in the back with a pitch, almost hit him in the head. And so it's just, it's one of those things where you almost start to think, maybe he's not supposed to come back this year. Maybe Maybe this isn't going to work out, but no, he's, he's progressing. And I mean, they're, they're starting to say Brent Suter might be able to come back, you know, for the Miami series this weekend. And then Tyler Kinley and Brendan Rogers. I mean, it's obviously going to depend how they're feeling, but I mean, within the next month, I don't see why it wouldn't be possible for each of them to both make their way back.
0: Kinley's interesting because he was probably their best pitcher when he went down last yeah, year, yep. and you you talked about the strength being the bullpen. He would be a really really nice piece to add to that group.
1: Oh, he's he's dominant, and when I say dominant, I'm saying he throws a high ninety fastball from a very high arm slot, so it just looks like a like a hailstorm coming down on you. And then he also throws a ninety mile per hour slider, and so there's just there's not many guys on the planet that can do the things he can do. And so, yeah, he's going to be he'll be huge for them. And I think it'll be great, too, because if they do end up dealing a Brad hand who, you know, is on a reasonable contract, a tradable contract, I should say. Brent Suter also, Daniel Bard, if they do, because their relievers are going to be the most sought after players in the trade market. The Rockies have some guys to offer. Those are going to be the ones most, you know, most sought after. So they're going to need some replacements. What better replacement than a guy like Tyler Kinley who can come in, maybe bring some guys up back up from the minors? I mean, they have a lot of options to replace them, so they definitely shouldn't let that sway them from obviously making any moves.
0: All right, so let's talk about the Yankees series a little bit. You were there. Um, a lot of Denver was there. A lot of Denver was across the street as well, mm-hmm. as it was Taylor yep. Swift weekend. But what did you see in that Yankees series? The Yankees are just not as... I mean, they don't have the best player in the American League, or so yeah. one of them, I guess. But they don't seem like the yankees this year
1: i thought what was most interesting to me and i actually sat next to um i believe his name is chris he's the athletic beat writer for the yankees we sat next to each other during the series so you know you chat throughout the series and i thought what was most alarming if i'm a yankees person was how similar the two talent levels looked that's crazy these teams looked almost identical talent wise and that's a very big change from, say, when the Dodgers come into town, You see, there is a discernible difference on the field between the talent levels of the two teams. And that's a Dodgers team that has half of its team on the injured list. Yeah, And they still, there's a discernible difference between the two teams. And with the Yankees, I didn't get that at all. I thought they were pretty even. Obviously, when Garrett Cole came on the mound, <laughs> he's a little different, obviously. He dominated, he struck out, I believe, seven hitters in a row at one point. He was He was dominant, but... They were still able to get to him a little bit. Then they got to the bullpen. Other than Garrett Cole, I just didn't see anyone the whole series where it's like, if you made them switch teams, the team gets infinitely better. I mean, the talent levels were just so similar to me. And if I'm the Yankees, that would be very alarming. And if I'm the Rockies, in some way, that might be kind of a positive. If my young guys are showing the same type of talent and skills that some of these vets on the Yankees are.
0: You know that's just crazy to think because the Yankees were in, well, they, they weren't in the ALCS last year. They were.
1: Uh, last year, I believe they were out in the DS in the year yes. before it was the ALCS. Yeah, I mean, I
0: believe. like I said, like judges on the, you know, they have judges out. Yeah. a lot of other guys are out. But that's really interesting to look at the Yankees now and see that they're a team that, you know, their young guys are just kind of eh, they're just there.
1: Yeah, well, and that's what's so funny is the it's kind of become this Yankees hype machine where every time they have a a, a pretty big name prospect. Yep. You would think this is the second coming. I mean, you would think every prospect they have is the next Ellie De La Cruz. Right. And they're just not. I mean, Oswaldo Oswald Cabrera just – I mean, I asked I, – I turned and I asked some of the Yankees people, and I was like, why doesn't he play more? I thought he was – because just obviously following from afar, you know the names, and you say, I thought he was supposed to be good. And they say, well, he sucks and you're like oh well um never mind on that one and then you look down in the farm system and you have someone like a jason dominguez who they're saying he's the martian he's the second coming i thought this guy was like 6'5, 270 huge dude he's five nine he's a five nine <laughs> switch hitter with a little bit of power but the way the yankees hype machine seems to work it's like every prospect they have is the next mantle garrig you know, because I, I don't know if that's just what that fan... Obviously, that fan base is so used to historical figures I, I think that's it, just how they are. I just But, yeah, every prospect they have just gets overhyped. And then when they come up and they're... You know, th- they have some guys that are performing similar to Ezekiel Tovar. But the difference is Ezekiel Tovar has reasonable expectations right. and is being allowed to grow through the bumps. Whereas the Yankees think everyone that touches the field is supposed to be amazing. And then when they're not amazing for a stretch... They get relegated to the bench, just like Oswaldo Cabrera did. So, it's I I I don't know if it's a front office thing there. I don't know what it is, but I Rockies fans should honestly feel a little more positive than Yankees fans to me.
0: And wow, and there's something I don't thought, Yeah, I, I didn't think we'd say here. Yeah. All right. So let's just talk a little bit. about trade deadline as it approaches. You know, you've mentioned some guys already. Do they really do anything? Because we talked about this last time, where they kind of just hang out at the trade deadline and they don't make moves that they need to make. I, I think there's veterans on this team that have to go, and they, they yep. don't like to stay rebuild. We talked about that too, but it's time
1: to rebuild. Well, and I think in some ways, this season may have opened their minds a little more to it when they've seen the way some of these young guys have. I mean, they've when played they, them this year. Yeah, when they started giving Ezekiel Tovar, he he has set the record for most consecutive games started as a rookie. They've given him as much leash as they've ever given yeah, anyone he never in franchise sits. <laughs> history. And look what he's done with it. Then you have a guy like Nolan Jones who's shown that, hey, he could be a guy. I mean, we're, we're not talking Nolan for Nolan. He's going to be the next Arenado. But this guy, he can play baseball. And he's already a, a pretty average to good outfielder. And he's only been playing it for two years. And over half of his home runs are 450 plus. So he has power that I don't, maybe 2% of ML, Major League Baseball has. And then he's also already athletic enough to be adjusting to a position. I think guys like that, they stole him from the Guardians. Yeah. And so I think that's what the Rockies need to do. Take some, take some chances like that. And obviously the way they can do that is get rid of some of these guys. But I, I, I'm really not sure how it's going to go because I, I think it was about a month ago before I had started on the beat, you know, Bill Schmidt had sat down and he had talked to Patrick Saunders at the Denver Post and kind of, it, it seemed like, well, we might not be seeing... It was the same excuses when they didn't trade Gray and Story was, well, we're not maybe getting the packages. Well, then Bud Black, I believe yesterday or the day before, goes on MOB Network Radio and he says, I expect us to be more active than usual. Yeah, I heard that. I yeah. expect us to make more moves than tip So you wonder, it's like, okay, well, the guy who would call those shots is saying maybe not as many, whereas Bud Black is saying... So I don't think there's necessarily a conflict there. I just think that maybe the mindset has changed a little bit in that month from when that article got written to now. And I think I think they're very open. I legitimately think they're gonna make some moves. And I would say, like I like I brought up earlier, the bullpen is gonna be because Jerkson Profar, I mean, he's a nice player. He doesn't have a ton of trade value. Randall Gritchik. I mean, he, he's he's the Yankees want him bad because he, he destroys them every time he plays them. <laughs> but as a pure just baseball player, it's very mess. CJ Crone could be a nice slugger for a team. But the problem is he just came off of back spasms, was struggling a little bit. Obviously, he hits that grand slam the other day. So he's starting to feel a little better. Maybe that sparks a market for him. Um, those are the type of guys I would think they should get rid of, though, because that's where their log jams are. Michael Toglio should be taken basically every at bat to the, bring him the up. season.
0: Like he needs to play.
1: Yes, he needs to play. And if he ends up being terrible, he ends up being terrible. But you don't know until you watch. I I don't many know many guys though that go opposite field on a pitch outside the zone against Garrett Cole and out. Right. That's a skill that just not <laughs> a lot of guys have, and he's a switch hitter. Yep. So I just. I think there's room for some of these guys to make an impact. And someone like an Eliris Montero, he, I know. I just want to watch that guy play for some reason. That's I. That's the thing is the more he plays, I think the better he could be. Because when he's been giving consistent at-bats in Albuquerque, which grain of salt, super high altitude. You think course field is bad. Albuquerque's worse. Oh, I know. And so, but he's been great there. I mean, he's been arguably the best hitter on their team when he's been down there. So I I don't know I think they're if they can open up some spots I think it'll pay off for them in the future and at this point I think that's what they should be focusing on I just don't know if they're going to and that's I mean that's the thing every year but it's it's weird there's conflicting messages I would expect them to deal relievers um, whereas the offensive players I think might be a harder sell.
0: The last thing I want to talk with you about is Bud Black because. It was interesting that he went on the radio and said that because that's yeah. something he usually doesn't really do.
1: No, and well, he, and he's a very open guy, mind he you. He really he's, is. He's yeah. very open, but yeah, that that is not something you typically see many managers do at all. I mean, of course, he's he's talking about and who's you know a pretty well respected guy in Major League Baseball, but managers don't tend to do that in season. Is he? Like, he,
0: he's a baseball lifer. He loves the yep. game. Like, we've talked about how much we'd love to have him on here now and just have him talk about the guys he faced when he oh, was yeah. pitching or whatever stuff like that. But, and he's a good manager. I, I don't think he's been dealt a great hand here. I think no. we've all said that in the past. Does he want to stick it out and manage this young and possibly up-and-coming group and get them back to, you know, at least respectable baseball?
1: Or is he like, I'd rather go be a pitching coach somewhere where I can win? Well, and I'm of two minds on it. I think that in many ways he's the perfect manager for this team because he's amazing with players. Yeah, he's I've yet to come across a player that has anything bad to say about Bud Black. There's a mutual respect there between players and there's an open line of communication, which is huge. He's I know they've avoided missteps with pitching because those guys have been open enough to talk to him on days when maybe they're not feeling their best. Maybe they're feeling great that day. That there's a super open line of communication. But I'm of two minds because on the other side, I think he'd be the perfect manager for a contending team. Yeah. I think that if you put I think if you put him on several of the contenders in the league, I mean shoot, even I'm it's not necessarily an opening, but if you put him on the Rangers, I think they're just as good. I just don't know if his managerial style works super well for a rebuilding team in that He's a veteran guy. He likes the vets. And he'll tell you, if you ask him, well, why'd you go with so-and-so over so-and-so? He'll say, you know what? When it's a tiebreaker, I'm always going to go with the veterans. That's what he'll he'll tell you on the record. And that's where I think you might run into trouble if... Okay, so is it going to become one of those situations like the funny Moneyball scene where he trades the first baseman because the manager won't sit him? Oh yeah. Is yeah, yeah. that going to be what this front office is going to have to start doing just so these veterans Carlos Peña, that's yeah. the name. <laughs> just so the vets don't get played? Like are they going to have to start doing something like that or is he maybe going to adjust his thinking as the team goes on and I don't think we'll know the answer to that until we see a team that really doesn't have a ton of veterans and he's forced to play young guys? but that's where the two minds thing. I think he'd be an amazing manager on almost any contender in the league. I think he's great with the guys. I just don't know if his stance about veterans and young guys is going to work out really well if they decide, you know what, we're going to finally do it. We're going to bet we're going to bet the house on the young guys and we're going to go all in. I just don't know if that's going to work with the way he sees baseball.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because he I mean I think they've had... I mean, he's been their best manager since probably Hurdle, at least. I mean, you have to imagine. I guess Jim Tracy had a good run there for a while, but... Yeah. But again, Jim Tracy left because he was just like, I'm tired of this. Yeah. And and that's where I wonder if, if Bud gets to that point, but... Like you said, like I think he's a baseball lifer, and if there's no good jobs open, you might as well stick with a paycheck.
1: Well, maybe that's maybe that's a good point to bring up too. Is Bud Black is not going to get fired? No, Bud Black will be dismissed if he chooses to be dismissed. Yes. And I know it's it's been weird. There's been this little bit of social media thing now about firing Bud Black, and i i just yeah that that doesn't make sense it's 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 a very it's not a very smart take because he's a great baseball manager and this team just they don't have the ingredients you can't expect a chef to make a you know a five three five whatever star meal with ingredients from the dollar store like it's just not gonna work he doesn't have the talent so he's doing what he can yeah but at the end of the day you still have to have talent so that was a weird one, but yeah, it's, I have never gotten an indication that his job security is anything but absolute concrete, yeah. you know, sealed. If he wants to leave, he can do so, obviously, but he will not be dismissed because of him not doing a good job. That's just not going to happen. So when is the trade, though? is it still the end energy- of it, July? Yep, it's still the end of the month. So we're kind of getting into that last two weeks where... And obvious, this is a weird period because it's really this week and yeah. a little bit of this weekend where you get the teams that are on the fringe. They'll decide at the end of this week. Come Sunday, they'll decide, are we buyers or sellers? Yep. Because they'll know, okay, here's where we stand. We have you know, a week, give or take, left before the trade deadline. Now we have to start making moves. So you're going to see... Padres, You're going to see Mets. You're going to see teams like that start to inch closer to making decisions. And once teams start to make the decisions of we're buyers or we're sellers, that's when the market starts to heat up. And I I think a team to watch for at least some of the Rockies' bullpen arms is going to be the Braves because they're, they're obviously the best team in the league. Yep. They have this dominant offense. But if you've been paying attention to their injuries, they're starting to have some of their bullpen guys – uh, go on the injured list, not be as effective. Fa- so, if I, if I just had to give my educated guess, I could see the Braves being a player for some of these guys on the Rockies, especially especially someone like a Daniel Bard and a Brent Suter. I think, I think on. I just think that righty lefty combo is enticing to anyone, but I think the Braves could really use, you know, one or both of guys like that.
0: And I'm sure the Braves system doesn't stink and they could probably get some good prospects No, no. Out of well,
1: there. and their thing too is in some years they've actually had a major league logjam, so they've been able to give up young major league talent. Like Kyle Mueller, the guy they gave up. To get Sean Murphy, who's obviously been amazing, he was a major league level starting pitcher. He was ready to go, and he did throw major league innings for them, but they had a logjam in the rotation anyway, so... You know, they decided, okay, let's improve somewhere else. So they're an interesting team because they have a good allotment of prospects, but also some young guys that could be intriguing to people.
0: All right, before we go, uh, uh, you have your MLB Insider coming this week. What day does that come out?
1: Yep, that'll come out Friday, and it's it's uh, focused on DJ LeMahieu, former former oh Rockies <laughs> standout. So <laughs> it's some good, some bad. We got to talk to him obviously when he was in yeah. town with the Yankees and. I mean, couldn't be a better guy, but yeah, he he had some stuff to say. Bud Black had some stuff to say, so look out for that. I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I sometimes
0: think that people are a little bit more
1: bitter about him leaving than Nolan. I because he was such the glue. I and I think the problem too is the optics of it. It's there. They just didn't offer him a contract. Well, and depending on who you ask, you'll get a different story. The Rockies would tell you, "Hey, we we you know we we offered him. We we felt good. We." But then DJ's camp would probably tell you, you guys waited way too long, and it was kind of disrespectful. Yeah, and so, but I think optically the biggest problem with it was that they signed Daniel Murphy to the exact same contract. Oh, as DJ Daniel LeMahieu. Murphy, and I'm telling you, if they would have, if he would have been even two million a year cheaper. It wouldn't have optically looked as bad, but when they exchanged him for DJ, and then DJ went and was MLB first team both of the next two years, and was top five MVP voting in the AL, that's when fans were like, "Okay, we're they that put some steam in some people's ears." I mean, they were very frustrated. That's the so story. Of the last six years, <laughs> I agree. I think people understood Nolan, but what's going to be interesting to see is he might get traded again before the deadline. Well, they're the Car- talking pretty bad. Yeah, the Cardinals are going to be a seller. So, it'll be interesting to see if they trade him again because um at a certain point if he keeps asking out of bad situations, it might start to become a Nolan thing. I don't know. That's obviously hasn't happened yet. There's no rumors that he's asked out. He asked out of the Rockies for very obvious reasons. Right. So, you can't really hold that against him, but if you do it again with the Cardinals who are this historic franchise, then I think ears start to perk up a little bit.
0: But he picked up his option, you know, the opt-out that caused yeah. all
1: the steam here. Yeah. So what's he got, like six years left yeah, on the No, deal? he's He has a lot of money left, and that is a big reason why, if a trade doesn't happen, that very well might be a reason why it doesn't. If he was cheap, I, I really don't see any way he's still on the Cardinals post-deadline. But he's a little expensive, and he's a really good player. Those are hard to give up. It's... You know, they're they're talking about getting rid of Goldschmidt too. You get rid of both of them. That's a that's a lot of talent and star power leaving a team. So And that's crazy for a team that people probably thought was going to
0: win that division.
1: Yeah, well, and what's and obviously looking even deeper into how wild it is, the Central's down this year. The Central's one of yeah. I believe the worst division in the National League. And yet they're still not competing. And that, I think, would be even more frustrating.
0: All right. Well, that's will be interesting to see the watch the deadline this year. Luke, thanks for coming on. And we will look for all your stuff at DenverGazette.com. And we will talk to you again later. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit DenverGazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, avalanche nuggets and much much more we'll talk to you next time